Hello podcast! In this episode we're going to talk about winter expeditions. Now okay I know it is July, we have had an amazing bit of heat wave even down in rainy Devon and like I've been in shorts for uh, over a week and I've been, <laughs> it's so hot I've been camping out in the garden overnight because it's that much colder outside at night. If you can, cast your mind back to the cold and dreary weather of the beginning of March of this year. So I went on my first ever multi-day winter expedition, like camping out in February in the Lake District. And I learned quite a lot from it because I'd never done anything like it before. And I kind of just assumed that, you know, I'm quite good with miserable miserable camping. I did quite a lot of that on Dartmoor. And I thought that it would be kind of the same in snow, just a little bit colder. So without further ado, here are the four main things I learnt from winter expeditions and I'm pretty sure you can learn something from them too. Four things I learnt about winter expeditions. First up, if you haven't listened to me talk about my abandoned winter expedition in the lakes, then go back and listen to that first. I will link it in the show notes. Uh, Like I said, it's really important to talk about our mistakes and our near misses. Better still to learn from them. I'm not 100% new to winter mountaineering and walking. Uh, In fact, I'm toying with the idea of doing my winter ML sometime soon. But... This was my first ever multi-day winter expedition in the UK. I've done some winter expeditions in Austria and Italy, but it's a very different type of winter out there. Specifically an August type of winter. Sure, there's a ton of snow on the ground, and you're crossing glaciers, but when it wasn't snowing, we had gorgeous blue sky days that left me walking in a base layer. You arrive at a mountain hut mid-afternoon and sleep in a warm room on a mattress. Positively luxurious. Nothing compared to a bitter, mixed-condition, multi-day camping expedition in the UK. So, here are the four things I learnt. Number one, it's cold. Okay, okay, I know, not very profound. You'll be pleased to hear that I was expecting it to be cold. But even though I expected it, I felt like I wasn't prepared enough. This probably had something to do with skimping on kit to try to go more lightweight. Since I'm heading off for more winter fun in Scotland soon, I'm going to record it here as a personal reminder. Emily, you need more layers. I took a base layer, fleece, spare fleece, belay jacket and waterproof jacket for on top. I had thermal leggings, normal walking trousers and waterproof trousers on the bottom. For the record, I rarely wear waterproof trousers unless it's really lashing it down. I spend a lot a time in the slush and I was still on the edge of chilled in the wind wearing all of my layers. Next time I think I need an even warmer duvet jacket plus a new pair of liner gloves without the holes in the fingertips. Oh and a camping mat that doesn't deflate overnight. Trying to sleep on the snow is impossible. I'm familiar with uncomfortable nights camping but it was so cold when you've got like, the snow basically, the cold from the snow seeping through my right hand side. The genius solution of reinflating it every hour at least allowed me to get some winks. Number two, 
false sense of security. Even if it's thawed in the valley, it can still be sketchy on top. Always take sharps, by that I mean an ice axe and crampons, just in case. The temperature goes down one degree for every 100 metres of ascent you do in the mountains. So although it may be slush at 200 metres, the snow could still be very hard at 900 metres. I kind of knew this already, but this expedition in the lakes just kind of hammered it home, particularly in the extra time we were in the Lake District after cutting the walk across the lakes short. A group of us decided to go up Sharp Edge on the side of Blencathra. It's a short walk from Threlkeld or Scales. When we arrived at the lay-by, there was no snow to be seen. The cloud was low, so we couldn't see the top of Blencathra, but everything looked pretty benign. Should we leave our ice axe and crampons? said someone. We debated leaving Sharps in the boot of the car, but decided we may as well take them. Note that we made a group decision here. It can cause serious problems later if half the group is less well-equipped for the conditions than the other half. Halfway up a slimy, sharp edge and into the mist, we found the snow line. Another 50 metres up, and it started to snow heavily. By the time we topped out, we were walking into a blizzard on icy snow. Crampons were necessary just to keep moving forwards. As soon as we dropped out of the cloud, we were back in a mild spring day. You never know what's up there. Stay safe. Number three, it's slow. I had visions of alpine-style travel on our winter expedition. Blue skies, perfect snow conditions and long days. Funnily enough, the great British weather did not comply. Travel takes longer in the snow. Part of this is because it's more effort to navigate, more time to faff with kit and more effort on your body to stay warm. Unless the snow condition is pristine, it's going to be much harder to walk in the snow than on thawed ground. Why? Because instead of just walking, you'll be kicking steps, breaking trail, or in our case, sliding around in the slush. Another side to this is the mental struggle. If the weather's foul, you're far less likely to want to keep on walking. Again, I'm kind of putting this here for my own reference. Normally, even in horizontal rain, I'd be quite happy to keep walking until 10pm to reach our campsite. On the lakes expedition, it got dark at around half four. We were walking into white mist and slapped in the face by sleet. I was like, so when are we camping? And number four, plan, plan, plan. The higher the stakes, the more important it is to have a plan. On this expedition, we had kind of no plan. We knew where we were starting and finishing. We had a time frame and appropriate kit. But as for the way we intended to go, no, not really. Uh, interjection, you might like to listen to Don't Plan Your Adventures for reasons why you might choose to not plan your adventure kind of the way we did on the lakes. There is some argument for our flexible strategy. We didn't know what the conditions would be like. By not getting fixated on a route, hey there pillar, we were able to adapt to what we found on the ground. However, in hindsight, I think that it would have been better to have a solid plan A. It wouldn't have been hard to adapt plan A all the way down to plan Z if necessary. Instead, we made up our exit routes and where we were going as we went along. This did work, but it would have been quicker and easier to have thought about it beforehand. Why plan on the hoof when you can work it all out in a nice warm house days before you go? Have I learnt any lessons? 
Well, I'm off to Glencoe at the start of March. Hopefully you'll be listening to this as I'm playing in the snow again. I will definitely be adjusting what kit I bring and we'll see if it works better. No plans to do a camping expedition, just some sort of winter routes if the weather is obliging. And of course, I will be reporting back about it soon. Alright, that's quite enough winter for now. I hope that you enjoyed that. I hope that was helpful, even if you just tuck it into the back of your mind for next winter. And enough of talking about snow, go outside and enjoy the sunshine. Bye!